0: It takes somebody to say the truth to start a process. This is the Gary V Audio Experience.
1: So for mompreneurship, um, I did a poll recently with my audience, and I said, what's stopping you from starting something? Okay, And I've been listening to you since probably 2012. Um, like I said, my kids are three and five. And for me, it was a choice to start something because I wanted to be with them more. Okay, so I was a pharmacist. Very random um, person to be into photography and now this. Um, So a lot of the moms were saying, 70% of them said that they're overwhelmed with the idea of starting something and 30% said they feel guilty. So can you speak to that about starting something when you feel both things and you have a baby yet you want to figure out a way to stay home and contribute?
0: So one of the things I most love about my career is I try to stay in my lane and talk about things I know always from a perspective of, What have I lived and how do I scale it? And so I'm gonna answer this very carefully because I think it's super naive to be a man and actually understand even the, and I could be wrong about this because I'm bad at science, but intuitively the thought of this person growing inside of you and then coming, the level of guilt is fascinating to me. It really is. Because it feels very right to me. Like meaning when I say right, what I mean by that is I so, I, without being able to understand, I understand and I'll tell you why. I actually think one of the biggest unlocks to being someone who's selfless mm-hmm. is to be someone who's selfish. Mm-hmm, and that seems so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm, and so I believe that. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that so much of my selflessness and so much of what attracts people to me mm-hmm. comes out of my deep commitment to do what I want to do. And that's where my framework for this answer comes from. I believe that for many mothers, they're coming from such an incredible place of guilt because they don't wanna take away time, energy, love, interaction with their children, and my belief is that if they're listening to your show, that they want something else in and above what they have, which is amazing, and whether you don't or do, that's you, which means that it will corrode inside of them over time, and at the end of the day, There's a subconscious resentment that will be created toward their children which is far less healthy than them going and showing their kids how to live versus telling them how to live. Mm -hmm. I think there's an enormous amount of children that would benefit dramatically from watching their mother doing what she wants to do and be happy and uh, in addition to her trying the best she can to balance her definition of motherhood. 100%.
1: 100%. Um, you said something in an interview that almost made me cry because I'm the product of that immigrant parents. And pharmacy was their idea, and I felt very obedient. Like, I had to thank you, Mom and Dad. We were refugees, you know, do the whole thing. Of course. Um, but I hated it. You know, I hated it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get out. I didn't, I didn't get out um, soon enough until I became a mom. And I started this community, and I'm really dedicating this uh, community to somebody that I lost. Um, 2017, I lost... My father and um, my father-in-law,
0: and the one that, the same year. The
1: same year, 2007. Seven people in one year, and
0: seven people. Seven people,
1: and I lost my 46-year-old nanny, and she really is the uh, the fire why I started Avenue Mama. Because here I am, 2007. She passed at 46. Passed at, yeah, 46. Single mom, worked two jobs, and then talking to her, so many unmet goals, so many unmet dreams, so many regret. My kid, yes. Yes, I know you talk about Let's go to a, a senior center And talk about regret And here I am losing. You know, she's uh, it's, She's in a coma And I'm like I, I can't I can't live with regret And so I left I went all in on my photography um, Which is You know, I've been in the Entrepreneur space since 2004 And to be honest with my. Can husband, I ask you a question? Yeah
0: Did yeah. you do that after your dad passed?
1: The photography part? No, no earlier early. Having a mama After he passed Understood Because of the impact yeah, you know, he was yeah. a pediatrician, created so much impact in our Vietnamese community. Yeah, um, And even, you know, in pharmacy school, I was like, I'm like, Dad, I want to quit. And he's like, you can't, you're gonna give me a heart attack. I mean, the amount of guilt was real. I'm the Very real. child.
0: Because, yeah. be- wow, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> I can't imagine what number one was dealing with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, So I, I, you know, I just want to stay on this because I'm passionate about it, I apologize. We have to change this conversation. Yeah. Every, I am looking to put enormous, uncomfortable amounts of pressure on parents yes. to understand that the incredible disservice that they are doing to their children yeah. Yeah. because their self-esteem is wrapped up in their children's accomplishments mm-hmm. and the fact that your dad, when he says something like that, and rest in peace, and every other parent that does it is saying, I choose the opinion of my contemporaries or my parents and friends over my own child's actual happiness is unacceptable and must. If I leave this earth with just accomplishing denting, mm-hmm. denting mm-hmm. the conversation around insecure, selfish behavior around parenting, mm-hmm. I will make the world a much better place than I came into.
1: There's a woman in my preschool and I was gonna set up a play date and she's like, oh, she's got violin. I'm like, she's four. And she's like, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom and my brother, who's a doctor, you know, he/she has violin lessons, and so we're just—I think that's what to do. And I was like, no, no, we're we're putting these unmet goals, unmet dreams, um, which is why I want to have the ability to talk about this. And I'm sure you don't remember when I met you, but it was back in May, and I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast because this is all new. This is my new gig, right? Like, really speaking about, like, I'm forty—I'm older than you two, by the way. I'm forty-four.
0: You look much younger than me.
1: <laughs> and you look okay, like my daughter, we, we can, for the can record, anybody it. who's listening. What the fuck? I, I have a D but I don't use it. And because of you, I used to lead with it because that was ego. That was insecurity. I had to say, I'm educated. But now there's it's not anywhere because it doesn't matter, right? Um, what matters more is that I pivoted, that I do a podcast out of my daughter's tent in her room, a three-year-old tent, like if you can get the visual. Yeah, so,
0: so a couple, so things. Just start, couple just things. start. A couple things. start. One, of course I remember because anytime there's a scenario where somebody wants to meet me and the husband says, we have way more famous people than you (laughs) coming through here every single day and this is the only person (laughs) that my wife has ever wanted to meet, it is something I will always remember, especially when it happened two times because it took a couple at-bats to make this happen. Number two, yeah, you're young as fuck. Yes, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Everybody who's listening right now just because you have a three and five year old and you're fifty one, because you started having kids late, because you did a great career or you're ambitious or you're doing your thing or didn't find love or or didn't want to, or whatever fucking reason, you're fifty one and a three and five year old and you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. it's gonna take me another fifteen years and I'm gonna be sixty six, mm-hmm. you know, or sixty eight or however old you are before I am like, they're off to school. Mm-hmm. No. If I, first of all, no. To yeah. your point, you'll take care of that. I'm gonna go a different place. Sixty eight. Gives you 20 years to do (laughs) shit. I I don't know what else to say. I don't know why people think, you know, like it's crazy to me that I'm this Pied Piper that is like surprising people. Like, why don't people talk to 68 year olds who are just starting businesses? Why do people not talk to 68 year olds who just got out of a 40 year marriage and they got divorced because they never really liked each other, but they did it for the public, for their kids. And you watch those two 68 year olds then go live <laughs> life for 20 years and yeah. enjoy themselves. Yeah. Like, aren't there a bunch of 40 year olds right now listening who know that their mom's super unhappy and yes. they're so, didn't want their parents to yeah. divorce because there was stigma, yeah. but they can't believe a year later that they ever imposed that feeling towards their mom and they wish their mom did it fucking 40 years ago? Like, aren't people yes. actually living? Yes. Like, and so for me, for me, the one great gift I was given for sure, is I'm willing to talk about truth because I'm not worried about judgment. When I say everything I just said, I don't care about the comment in your podcast thread (laughs) that says he's delusional or easy for him to say because he's a guy or whatever the easy thing to say about what I say is, I wanna get to the heart of the matter issues because to your point, the reason you almost cried or you did do it because is because it takes somebody to say the truth to start a process. Mm -hmm. It takes somebody to say the truth to start a process, whether that is some of the incredible things that we put humans on a pedestal for, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, or something that will never be known about a family of five in Iowa where the grandfather was dying on the bed and whispered something to his daughter, and that changed the trajectory of bad generational behavior in a family because she actually got inspired, changed the way she raised her kids, which created a flow underneath and eventually liberated that family's dynamics of their framework.
1: So, a few years ago, um, you've always talked about entrepreneurship, you know, it's never cool like it is now. Yes. And then now you're like, ooh, self awareness. Yes. Because not everybody's made for it, and it should be. Yes. How are you gonna? How is if I'm listening to this? How would I know if I'm cut out for this? By the trying. Market, market dictate. Yeah.
0: One hundred percent. That's what's great about my framework, I think, which is like no stigma in losses. Mm-hmm. Go and try, and a year from now, if nobody's listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, either I have to do something drastically. Yeah, a
1: thousand people already. That's a lot. <laughs>
0: No, really, it's a lot.
1: I know, I'm so thankful.
0: But back to the point for your audience, not directly to you. (laughs) If you're listening right now, if you go and try to start a direct-to-consumer meal business or a podcast Mm -hmm. or an Instagram account around your passion of surfing as a stay-at-home mom, which is kind of like actually your truth but maybe not something everyone's thinking about, the market will tell you, don't listen to your stupid husband, don't listen to your mom's historic point of view, do your thing, Mm -hmm. and then guess what? Either you're going to be right or they're going to be right. But when they go, nah, 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 we were right. That was a stupid idea. Know that that's going to hurt a lot less than being 84 and never trying in the first place. Absolutely. And more importantly, when mom and your husband go, nah, 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 tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I, like, I, who's ju- like allowing people's opinions to dictate your behavior has to stop. It has to you know the
1: stop. Game comes in? I used to bring in a lot more money than I do now. Great, and it and we feel it, and so I'm like,
0: money is dick shit. I know, I know. Like, so I, sorry I, that I'm you guys you. can't buy I'm a crystal vase you. or a better vacation. I'm with you, well, listen, you and your partner have to make that decision. Like, what? Like, mm-hmm. cool, you brought in more money, but you're less happy. Exactly. Either you and your husband can wrap your head around that, or you can't, and both of that's fine. We're,
1: we're, we're working. I'm right. sure, yeah. but
0: I have empathy yeah. for that. Yeah. But like, but, like, we have to, as a society, put happiness over money. Absolutely. Like, what, were you going to hide your unhappiness with another fucking fur coat? Or, like, an extra trip? Or, like, a, like a better, a more expensive nanny? Or, like, mm-hmm. an, or, or what other guilt cliche things do we want to go into? Your kid can't go to the sleepaway camp that everybody else, like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we need to get insular. Mm-hmm. And, like, that makes sense. I understand why you're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But what were you supposed to do? Be poisoned inside for the rest of your life?
1: Right. No, and so we have the runway. uh, But a lot of women don't have that runway. We worked a lot on our marriage, to be honest with you. I don't have a husband who's like, oh, go, honey, just start a to
0: You're going to appreciate this. I'm sorry to cut you off because I think where you're going is about to be interesting, but I just want to say this. Yeah. Anybody can have a runway if they change what they spend money on.
1: True. So you have $100 and your mom listening to this, where would you
0: start? Flipping. Okay. I can't stop thinking about it. Here's why. If we're talking... in the frame, I've already established <laughs> happiness. Happiness is where I'd go with 100 bucks. <laughs> but, and listen, there are so many people that we all know, that we all went to school with, that are living the simplest quote unquote lives. I love people of affluence. They have such funny talk. They sit around and they say things. I, I live in that circles. Like, oh man, my friend Karen, God, she seems so happy. Mm-hmm. You know, her husband works nine to five as a trucker, she mm-hmm. never left our town. Here I am in New York or L.A. or San Francisco. She never fucking left. And like, like man, she seems so happy as they're baffled. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just happy.
1: Just happy.
0: Because guess what? They don't want to buy or need to buy mm-hmm. or, you know, a $700,000 home or have a $40,000. Like, really? Is your vacation at Amanyara so much more important than being happy the other 360 days a year?
1: Well, DRK on an Instagram post, he said, you know, a $30 watch works just the same as a $3,000 watch. And yeah, I actually was like, I was going to buy a new outfit for today, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to.
0: Your rock outfit's this fucking up. fire. <laughs> like, I'm no, not, but because, here's what I would say about that
1: $25 towards their kids at a jibbery class, but won't spend $25 to do X, Y, and Z, whether it's, you know, self care, whether it's because it's in a book.
0: Because it's judgment the reason they're doing the $25 Jamboree is because Karen's gonna know. Why didn't, you know, Karen and Susan are doing it too. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. This is a very important part. Yeah. Because there's a lot of women and men that would do that for their kid because they believe in Gymboree. Or there's a lot of people that don't agree with D Rock or B and actually love the craftsmanship of a $3,000 watch and they grew up sure. with a grandfather that loved sure. watches Fair. and looking at it every day means amazing amounts. Yeah. But what is stereotypical and what is in the air is the amount of mothers and fathers that do things based on other mothers and fathers. Mm -hmm. Who wants to be the mom in a group of six moms? The poorest person in the neighborhood is always dealing with all sorts of dark shit. Mm -hmm. Because they overspent on their home, Mm -hmm. and they're now in that same neighborhood, but they don't have the other cash for the same vacations, cars, and activities that everybody else has, yet their children are in that framework and forget about even if they're as awesome as I'm hoping they are and they don't care about their neighbors, what about when your fucking daughter runs into the room and starts crying that everybody's going to skateboarding school and, and she can't
1: American girl doll.
0: That's right. Step. That's right. Can
1: your daughter's how old now? Ten. Did she go
0: through that, like the higher end toys or anything like that? It's No, but that's also because she lives in an environment where her parents can provide a lot of fucking things. Like, (laughs) she's gonna go through the reverse, which is like, at some point, we're gonna have to pull the carpet, and she's gonna deal with like some real, like, fuck. Like, what? wait a minute, this is not the rules you created before, and it's like, yeah, you were nine. You know, now you're 16. Like, we need to start prepping you, because if you're 22 and you're on mommy and daddy's payroll, you're finished. Mm
1: For the, for the value of my mom's, do you give your kids allowances or do you pay for them to do chores? At I'm this, just so curious. At
0: this point, we're taking the approach of cold shower. We're, they're very young mm-hmm. and what I'm doing right now is I'm okay with pulling the plug on them cold at 13. Mm-hmm. I could be right, I could be wrong. You know, my parents, my mom and dad definitely are judging me. They're like, you should be introducing it a little bit along the way.
1: Interesting. Well, My point
0: of view is I'll buy you everything.
1: Uh-huh. Don't, just don't ask?
0: No, I'll buy you everything. Okay. I'm going to spoil the fuck out of you until 12, 13, 14. <laughs> and then I'm going to go completely the other way wow. and say now you're completely off the payroll in perpetuity. You want to get a job? Cool. You want to sell all the stuff that you've amassed from mommy and daddy on eBay? Cool. You are now going to figure out how to survive. I don't believe in half pregnant. I'm a contradiction. Uh-huh. All in, all out. So I'm unbelievably comfortable knowing that they, they're 10 and seven, and they really can't have a job yet. Or, and, and they haven't shown me, though my son's shown me more to my daughter, maybe the ability to be similar to me where I went after seven, it early. Eight, yeah. Right. But that's okay because I also don't want my kids to be entrepreneurs. I want them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. I also, not, but if my daughter or son are gonna be nonprofit, higher ed, altruistic monsters, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pay for that. Yeah. Like if they wanna do that, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with my kids making $49,000 a year, mm-hmm. and me eventually giving away all my money to charity. Mm-hmm. Because they're not entitled to anything. Yeah. They, when they're my kids, mm-hmm. they're entitled to everything. Meaning, I believe in collateral, collateral financial opportunity. Meaning, when my kids are 29 and 26, and I go on a vacation to Africa, because now I want to see a fucking elephant, so I will pay for them and their family happily because they're coming under the guise of being my children. Okay. I'll pick up the tab for dinner. But I'm not gonna buy their fucking house. I'm not gonna... Pay for college? Uh,
1: you know If they wanna go.
0: Hopefully they don't. But if they do, <laughs> if they do, probably. Okay. Mainly because I feel, back to guilt, my parents did that for me. I'll pay for college, but they can do what I did, which is never go to class. I feel like that's the last piece that I'm kind of willing to play with here actually you know here's an interesting part I'm I'm evolving my debate cuz it's early if I for I'm not going to force them to go to school so it, my parents forced me to go to school mm-hmm. I That's wanted to not go to college mm-hmm. so I feel real comfortable that they paid because they wanted that public uh acceptance from their other immigrant friends fine I'm not going to force my kids to go mm-hmm. now if they come with some dumb shit of like hey dad so since you're not forcing me I hope, kids, you're listening to this in the future. Uh, okay, Dad, because not forcing me. Like, so that's like 40K a year. Like, hey, give me 160K for the next four years. I'm going to say, fuck you. First of all, I don't even want you to go. And second of all, no. So that's where I'm at on this. Yeah.
1: And so I'm exactly the product. Um, I've had decades of resentment towards my parents. Until yes. I don't enough awareness until I can flip it and be like, how did I get the good out of it? Um,
0: By the way, please say that again, because something that I think you're saying something very smart and something I'm passionate about. I talk a lot about the resentment parent thing. I it's true. But I keep bringing up the other part, which is you didn't have to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was strong enough to go against them.
0: You listened to what they wanted. Where I really get upset is the kids that are 32 right now and saying, well, my parents paid for everything, so I'm not capable. You didn't need to take the money. Yeah. You didn't need a BMW when you were 23 to look cool.
1: They didn't pay, they were all seven. Of I, believe college and not I believe that, I believe that. That's
0: what I could sense, which is why yeah. I'm giving both nuances. Yeah,
1: but I definitely, and I played that victim card for so long and then I got you know into self-development and I was like, no, that was my choice. I just didn't go up to them. I didn't fight. I didn't choose to be. You didn't fight. I didn't fight. And so I, you know. That's on you. It's not a bad thing to be a pharmacist, fine. But now.
0: Um, but now you know I'm, where, I apologize, yeah. what's so exciting to vibe with you, huh. both like after the eyes and stuff and right now, I just actually realized this. I am so on it with this life is long thing. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much more fun it is to be able to accept accountability Mm -hmm. when you're 44, when you know you have another amazing 44 in front of you? It is fun. When you think you're 44 and you missed it, which is what we're taught. We fucked up our 20s and 30s and now it's over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you can't take on accountability because you're so unhappy that you're actually deploying resentment. When you realize that you have your whole life in front of you at 44, all of a sudden, all the transgressions that your parents deployed can be wiped. You can take on your part of the, no kid, I mean, listen, there's some extreme stuff, abuse and things of that nature, but the stuff I talk about, it took two to tango.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I wasn't strong enough to go against them and I felt obedient and I, one thing pharmacy got me out of the house, I commuted in college, I had to live at home. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just finally live, right? Um, and then, but then the self-awareness now, like, okay, that was my choice, and, um, and it, when I became a mom, even more so, so now I'm like, you, like, I don't care what the fuck they do, I just want to be happy, like, just be happy, and I want to, what your mom does, like, complimenting you for two weeks for opening the door when you were (laughs) nine, and, and just... Making you feel like the the best person ever, but yet still held firm. Accountability, all
0: that. Yeah, like sh- like you've got to figure it out. Like, and this is what's so amazing, right? My mom is obviously you know this never on my content, super quiet, and like mm-hmm. in some weird way, I think the Gary Vee phenomenon is you know <laughs> if it's a phenomenon, it's a lot, that's a pretty <laughs> audacious thing. But like my awareness growing exponentially, and a lot of a lot of people listening to me, I'm starting to realize like in my unbelievable admiration and love for my mom, I kind of almost feel like I'm just playing in between. I've kind of started to realize, oh, I'm just a microphone. I actually don't exist. I've decided to live my life as a microphone, a megaphone for my mom. My mom's not gonna tell everybody how to do this. She's insecure around her accent and many other things that immigrants that come to this country in their 20s and 30s have. She's she's quiet by nature in other ways, she doesn't want to be in the front. However, what she did and how she goes about it is the answer. Mm. So I am actually now gonna take that and all I'm doing is giving that same advice, taking the best of both end my mom and dad because it really is that that's truth. Is, yeah. And that's how I, you know, I'm kind of almost starting to go in that life. I'm like, oh, I'm just the megaphone of my parents.
1: When I- you parent, what, what percentage you percentage of you is mom versus dad. I'm probably
0: probably following the tracks of my life. I'm probably right now disproportionately my mom and sooner than later I'll be more like my dad, much like what I went through, which is the first 14 years of my life was only mom Mm -hmm. and then the next, you know, kind of 15 years of my life was heavily dad. Your bag
1: and ice
0: for $2. Yeah. My dad did things for me that absolutely allowed me to be the enigma that I am for somebody who is such a self-promoter, gift of gab, sizzle, got, I'm convinced, which is tough to say out loud, that the things I most despise in people with charisma, I actually am. And that the parenting mm. is what did it. Mm. That I was willing to lie to sell. Mm. And that would have manifested as me with girls. And that would have manifested me with product. And I know this because I did it. Because at 14 and 15, I lied to sell wine. I just did. Yeah. like. And so, the fact that I got lucky and came into a father who looks at an embellishment as a cardinal one strike. If you embellish to my dad, if D-Rock called my dad and said, right now, Sasha, you'll never believe this, 80,000 people just watched that clip, and the actual amount of people that watched that clip was 78,000, <laughs> My dad would never trust d again. again. Wow. Yeah, so think about, I'm being wow. serious. Think oh. about what I'm talking about. Wow. Yes, cool. we're talking about extremity <laughs> around. So I went from gift of gab, fucking what, what some people think I am when they first see one minute video yeah. to being suffocated. I
1: was going to say that word, suffocated. Did you feel
0: suffocated? In, in, a, in a great way. Uh, at the time, it was fear. Uh-huh. I was fearful to embellish or lie to my dad, um, so it just started getting me into practice to not. Which I ironically had a countercultural move too. It made me not to everybody else, but but made me to him ironically at times as well because I didn't want to deal with the ramifications of delusional suffocation. So I started transforming over the next 15 years to the world, but to my dad, his hyper overreactions conditioned me to actually want to not tell him things. So it went from from lying to not telling Mm -hmm. because I wanted to navigate like, because I also wanted to protect everything around me, employees, our vendors, our customers. I knew that he has this, I read the situation. But ironically, it made me have to be less transparent with him to make it palpable for yeah. the world.
1: Yeah. So I've heard your beef for the lack of a better word on funnels and opt-ins and sales funnels and stuff um, in the world of trying to figure out how to monetize. Not monetize. How to speak? No, not monetize. For me, like you were in Singapore, and I was like, that's a really great audience for this podcast because they're Asian and they're going through that parenting yes. thing. Yes and so no it's just how do you to turn a cold audience to a warm audience to really nurture them in this conversation um, but I know you're not a fan of that so
0: well wait a minute I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of people doing top of funnel behavior to sell people services that aren't valuable okay and sell against fear okay like if you created a product of a dot com that was a nine hundred ninety-nine dollar ebook mm-hmm. of how to solve your problem as an Asian <laughs> with your parents and then in that ebook was basically just eighty seven pages of words and and other pieces yeah, of content yeah, yeah, yeah. that you found on the internet, yeah. that doesn't make me feel good. Gotcha. Okay. But but you know, I'm thrilled if you're trying to get people to listen to your podcast or even go to your conference yeah. that is a thousand dollars ahead. Mm-hmm. But I want you to not like what I'm most proud of is I don't sell fear, mm-hmm. you know. With
1: the, like, do you mean like the giant countdown clock? Like you only one left? Like oh, that's
0: all that? All of it? No, you know. Listen, I'm a, I like hacking. I'm a salesman. <laughs> okay. I love doing what I did yesterday with my text platform of like use the Gary Vee podcast. <laughs> like I don't like. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the countdown clock that goes to zero, uh-huh. and then the next day I'm like, but oh, wait, we've oh, added two minutes. Yeah. I'd rather just have the countdown clock end two minutes or later. Like I don't like tactics that are based on fear. what I really don't like is and selling. Manipulation. That's, That's what it is. Yeah. Look, I could build a crazy manipulative machine. Mm-hmm. My ability to have a fucking hundred million dollar company based on coaching <laughs> is very real. Yeah. The amount of people that would pay me five thousand dollars a month to be part of the virtual one. $25,000 a month being part of the get-together-once-a-month one and a million dollars a year to be part of the personal you've-got-my-cell-phone-I-see-once-a-month you mm-hmm. is real. Mm-hmm. I know it's real because people ask me to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong. I don't like to judge so much, so I hate it. But here's what I would say. And this, you're gonna get this because I already know you. Just sell something you believe in and then do whatever the fuck you want. Because too many people sell something they don't believe in, they just do it because it's where they can make the most money.
1: Now I would say, sell something that solves someone's problem, makes an impact at the cross-section of that person willing to pay for that solution.
0: I think that's right. But that, you just talked about value. Value. Which is, right, which is different than what people are doing, which is they're poking at insecurities and selling them diet pills in the form of information. Most of the, yep, most of the information products that are being sold, funnels. Yep. Is going deeply at an insecurity Mm -hmm. and selling them a get quick fix plan. Sure.
1: How to get ten thousand followers in in a half?
0: Or I'm your guru. Uh I'm gonna solve this, Mm -hmm. you know. And yeah, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Just don't take advantage of people. The amount of people that sell something, like I'm petrified of taking money from people. Mm -hmm. If I don't like, that's why I like selling like wine and sneakers. My whole thing on that is like, well, if you're gonna buy wine, any first of all, empathy wines is better. The $20 wine at Bevmo and like a total wine, so like that feels good. Yeah, and if you were gonna buy wine anyway and you've been listening to me for six years and got a ton of value, then that's awesome. Versus, I've been giving all this content and it was really for the sake of getting you to pay me $1,800 a month. Mm. That's what people are doing, Mm -hmm. that's the cliche funnel work. So, that's why I like a conference because it's just like sell tickets if they want to come, awesome
1: and we need it in real life stuff. there's moms. A, there's That's also, I, there's I also this
0: one thing which is yeah. when you're making content that is actually seeded in the fact that you ultimately want to convert them into a paying monthly subscriber, mm-hmm. you're already vulnerable to the purity of your content. The reason I think I'm giving out the content that I'm giving is it's strictly built for admiration. Do you know how good it felt when you rolled up on me in, after the Eisen show? Really? Of course. Yeah. When you have somebody who admires you, mm. Predicated on the fact that they brought you value mm-hmm. for, the
1: show f- would be here. for free
0: for mm-hmm. free
1: <laughs>
0: Think about it mm-hmm. Think about it mm-hmm. to his point when he made the intro the first time there's much fancier people in culture mm-hmm. that go on there but the reason I think I can be, end up being the fanciest is only Oprah in the last two to three decades had the luxury that the TV show was paying her mm-hmm. so she didn't need to monetize her audience. Mm is why she became Oprah mm. whereas other people have been successful had to find a way to monetize their audience because they didn't have a subsidizing income from a television show or from Media. Mm. see yeah. it's that Oprah became the biggest because she didn't need to take a penny from the audience which allowed her to give the audience the most she could give
1: well, I know you don't listen to a lot of, and I know you want to watch TV, but I will say it's worth listening to uh, The Making of Oprah, or does anyone know the title of that podcast? How, uh, how, and how she became, and it was fascinating, and she did do a lot of stuff in the back in order to fight through the, the topics that she wanted to talk about. So of course. Did, yeah, so she did all that, for sure. Um,
0: but again, at its macro.
1: Right. As a
0: gangster businesswoman, she made her money in it. a different way, which allowed her to have a different relationship with her audience. Yeah. The end. It's not super complicated. That was her position that is different from the historic people that sell books and seminars and conferences and islands and all that. Mm-hmm. That's why she won. And that's why I'm gonna win. I don't want to make my money on my audience, right? Mm-hmm. Just like Oprah has a book or things of that nature that she had or book club or the mm-hmm. magazine. It's like if you're, read, if you're gonna read another magazine, you know, mm-hmm. But again, there was no Oprah mastermind for 50,000 ahead and at one point she could have sold a trillion of those.
1: What do you think of those like 30,000 dollar masterminds?
0: I don't love the format. I think it changes, the, I don't love the relationship. But guess what? And This is very important.
1: Yeah.
0: I, don't get to get, I don't get to judge. Hmm. It doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But if it works for Joey Magoo and Sarah McGee, Mazel tov. I have observed it for the last decade. And my observation is there's too many people that are willing to just take the check. Yeah. So the, the filter of helping Caleb to be part of my mastermind is can he pay the $50,000 a month? <laughs> Not, is this guy view me as the anecdote and this is a lottery ticket and what I'm really doing is making it makes him feel like he's doing something. You know what my biggest fear is with my content? And we'll wrap up with this because D-Rock seems super anxious so I must be behind. My biggest fear is that I'm so motivating by nature in the way that I communicate that people follow me and it makes them feel like they're actually doing something. Absolutely, yes. And I love that I can give a spark, but I need you to take that match and point it to the bush so it goes on fire, not just hold it and it feels good when it comes out and then you need me again tomorrow. I'm trying to motivate to action. And I'm trying to motivate to action that is for you, not for me. Absolutely. And that is my framework. And so that is something I think a lot about. The reason a lot of people stop following me is because the words just just came out of my mouth. So you have somebody who came into the funnel, Mm -hmm. they're watching me for six months and they're getting what they need. They aren't happy, they don't want to put in work, they are entitled, and they're getting this nice fix from me, two minutes, 20 minutes a day, and it feels like they're doing something because I'm doing something and I'm telling them to do something. Mm -hmm. But then occasionally, out of nowhere, I do what I just did for the last three minutes and I look at them dead in the face and go, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And then they go, fuck you. I'm going to go find somebody who's not as good as you. Mm -hmm. But watching people, when I call them out in that occasional moment of content, leave me, go to the bullshit version of me and pay that person is something I think about every day. When I go for in for the kill after I made you feel, I made you feel real safe yeah. and I'm going to use that equity to now inspire you to start the podcast mm-hmm. and thank God mm-hmm. there's 10 to 35% of people like you that actually go and do it mm-hmm. because that becomes my legacy. That is my selfish want of impact mm-hmm. but for the 90 to 65% that don't, when I go in for that kill, they don't start the podcast. They jump off and they go find a fucking third-rate huckster that seems like me, mm-hmm. and they pay that motherfucker $13,000 for their course, mm-hmm. and they go completely, because they are not ready for accountability. Yeah,
1: true, that's it, that's it. Accountability is That is the current thing. state <laughs>
0: of my content world and my connection and anticipation, aspiration, and vulnerability with my audience. That, that rant was it. And I think about it every day. How do I provide more content and more value in getting them in to pay attention? And how can I be more thoughtful that when I put pressure on them to do something?
1: Can I tell you one thing that I do to motivate my um, the moms that I work with to get to the next step? There has to be something at stake. So for me, I know you don't talk about politics, so I'll say, okay, so Sujong, you wanna pay off your credit card, so you have a $100, or how much do you wanna tell me that you... Um, create in the next week and she'll say $100. I'm like, okay, so if you don't do that, you're gonna to have to pay $100 to Donald Trump and that is my that is my fire for my women because we don't wanna do the, the people that follow in the situation so there has to be something at stake which is why I think the women move. I,
0: I got a good one for you yeah. that I want you to build on. Okay. A shocking amount of people that don't have money mm-hmm. are willing to spend money in that scenario <laughs> versus doing. I'm being serious. Yeah. That's great and that tactic will work for some people. Mm-hmm. My mom is the cheapest woman on earth. Kay. She, like me, has no interest in working out ever. Kay. She, after I started doing my thing, got more and more pressure for me and bought some working out memberships and lessons. Yeah. She consistently makes up bullshit and doesn't go and in a world where she will do things to save $8, uh-huh. wastes $100 mm-hmm. multiple times sure. a week.
1: So this woman did it. She flipped a bunch of her baby stuff. Made 160. She, I got the report last night, and so I said, take 50, reinvest it, and do it again. Because she's like, this feels good. This feels empowering. She's got a little three-year-old. She's in debt, and so I think that people just need to start and just flip,
0: flip, 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 yeah. flip, flip. flip. Right now, the 99% of this audience that's listening to you right now mm-hmm. who needs money to pay a bill or have a better vacation, or to, be to stay or at home to, and
1: pay for. Correct. A-
0: or by the way, or by the way, let's talk real talk. Or. Not feel guilt not to feel buy fun. a new outfit because they have it in three years? Uh-huh. No, they,
1: because it's his money. There's, that's, that's of a big course. One. That's a huge huge one. All of it. It's not our money. I don't bring in where it's mil- from. I
0: respect that. I, there's a million things. Every one of them has shit in their house right now that they can list on Facebook Marketplace and eBay. It scares me. I, I actually am completely scared that the flip economy is actually going to eat up everything. Like, I believe in it so much. That I think as the education over the next decade is grown, it's going to make a humongous economic impact. I don't think people should get jobs. I don't think anybody should work at VaynerMedia. I think they should all look at their salary at VaynerMedia and start flipping that number and just go to thrift stores all day and have fun. Artistic people, more, who don't have sales DNA, when I can teach them that they can use their art skills by seeing something we can't, which is like a stone in the ground and then a paint a piece of paint that's discounted at fucking Marshall's and put those together and make that $9 investment a $800 flip on eBay wait till the artists figure this out
1: that's good I know it's good
0: good. you know how many stay at home (laughs) mom and dads actually are very creative yeah like do do you know how many moms right now could just take a piece of paper and draw something and actually sell it for eight bucks on Etsy it's real get your creative Mm. energy out and make a couple can you imagine that there's so many women right now sitting and listening who are creative as hell mm-hmm. who can get their creative energy out, mm-hmm. check, they're okay. not doing it, Absolutely. and finish off paying the $737 in debt that they have that they're collecting 10% interest on that's still hanging over their head all in the yes. next month by just listening to us and posting their content, that they make, whatever they make on Etsy or Facebook Marketplace, that is remarkable. And one of those women, one of those women, Mm-hmm. We'll actually go on and build a ten million dollar art brand. Yeah. That's it. That is it. That's it. That's called the internet. That's called why I wrote Crush it ten years ago. Mm-hmm. It's real. Mm-hmm. Alright, now I gotta go. <laughs> Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and best podcast.